Hello, everyone. Well, Pastor John's new book, Coronavirus and Christ, is now available in 20 languages, including American Sign Language, and soon to be in 29 total languages, with the potential for even more languages to be added in the near future. It's been very encouraging to see how fast this book has been translated and how far it has reached across the world in such a short time. Here in the States, we've seen pastors buying cases of the book and putting them on a table outside the front of their church building so that members could drive up through the week and take a free copy. We've seen family and friends posting links to the free book and the free audiobook online. It's been amazing to watch the DG community help us spread word online and offline. Thank you so much. So many encouraging updates have been arriving by the day, but of course not all the updates have been positive. This week a major news outlet reported on the book in a story of a U.S. Army chaplain under fire for commending the book. Senior Army Chaplain Colonel Moon H. Kim. He's the U.S. Army's command chaplain based in South Korea. He apparently passed along an email to the Coronavirus in Christ book, passed it along to fellow military chaplains, commended the book to them, and for it got severely criticized. So criticized, there's now a call for him to be disciplined and even possibly court-martialed. In a letter to the Secretary of Defense published online from an organization called the, the Military Religious Freedom Foundation, accuses the chaplain of, quote, an absolutely egregious and deplorable act, end quote. It says that in sharing the book, he gave a, quote, full-fledged endorsement and validation of what the book espouses and proclaims, end quote. The letter recommends that Kim be, quote, officially, swiftly, aggressively, and visibly investigated and disciplined in punishment for his deplorable actions, end quote. That is for commending your book to fellow chaplains, because what you write is, the letter says, quote, unmitigated drivel, end quote. The letter to the Secretary of Defense is remarkable because of how much of uh, your book it actually quotes, at least 10 citations in the letter. As you read this response, uh, what do you think of how you're quoted and interpreted, and uh, is the letter a fair interpretation of your book? Well, Tony, some of it is. I think it would be fair to say that some of my views about what the Bible teaches, even rightly understood, the author of that letter hates. Yeah. He, he hates yeah. what I think. Um, they are, he says, quote, incendiary, bigoted, vulgar, unquote. Not just because he misunderstands, but because in part, because he does understand, and that's how he thinks and feels about some of what the Bible teaches. For example, the truth of Romans 5.16, that not only some death, but all death, including yours, Tony, and mine, is the result of God's judgment on the human race because sin entered the world. Hmm. Or second, that God is sovereign over the coronavirus and sends it and ends it when he wills. Or third, that homosexual intercourse is a sin. Or fourth, that the coronavirus is a call for repentance to all of us, all of us, to bring our lives into alignment with the infinite worth of Jesus. I think the author of that letter considers all of those views as wrong. (laughs) That's putting it mildly. I mean, (laughs) his language is very colorful. Um, While I consider all of those views to be true, because they are what the Bible teaches, and therefore 
they're very valuable to know. So I, I think uh, it's not just that he misunderstands, but that he gets some things right in those quotes and, and he just doesn't like them, period. Yeah. And, and obviously there are places where the author of this letter gets your meaning wrong. Uh, take us through those areas. What do you see? Well, I see um, at least three things that the letter and the interview with, with, with one of the uh, news outlets gets wrong about the book. For example, when I say uh, some people will be infected with the coronavirus as a specific judgment from God because of their sinful attitudes and actions, he assumes that I know who those people are or at least what kind of people they are. But here's what I write on page 72. And if, if anybody wants to just check it out, there's pages 69 to 72 are the real ones he's after, yeah. and, and they can go look. But here's what I say in the summing up of that little chapter. The, quote, the coronavirus is never a clear and simple punishment on any person. The most loving, spirit-filled Christian whose sins are forgiven through Christ may die of the coronavirus disease. But it is fitting that every one of us search our own heart to discern if our suffering is God's judgment on the way we live, end quote. In other words, God does judge people with sickness. That's very clear from 1 Corinthians eleven thirty two, And there it's even talking about Christians. But I can't, John Piper and you or anybody else can't determine from outside who is experiencing the coronavirus as judgment in a punitive sense and who's experiencing it say, as purification, or who's experiencing it for other reasons that God may have. My point was, God does do all these things, and all of us should do sober-minded self-assessment to discern, as well as we can, what God's purposes are in all that happens to us. And I take the Bible, the Christian scriptures, as the main guide in these things, and the author of this letter apparently doesn't. And there's the big canyon between our worldviews. Yeah, that's a really important point. Um, you said there were three misunderstandings. Uh, it seems that one of those obviously is the question over homosexuality. Right. You could say probably that that issue is a specific instance of the first misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. As far as I can see, the author of that letter wants to say that Piper thinks every person who engages in homosexual acts and who gets the coronavirus is being punished by God for those acts. And my response is, well, no, it's not that simple. For sure, in Romans 1.27, the Bible says that living in homosexual behavior is sometimes punished by God with a, quote, due penalty, which could be a disease, but not always. And sometimes disease comes not as punishment, 
but as a merciful wake-up call that results in repentance and reconciliation and hope. God's ways are simply more complex than the letter acknowledges. So I say again from page 72, quote, the coronavirus is never a clear and simple punishment on any person, unquote. It may be punishment. It may not be. And our prayer should be that all of us experience our suffering as redemptive, not punitive. I suspect, though, Tony, I suspect that this clarification won't even come close to satisfying the author of this letter, since he considers it drivel and vulgar to even suggest that God controls this disease and would judge anyone with it. Yeah, you're exactly right. And uh, you know, in the Christian Post interview, one of the rhetorical questions the author of this letter poses, um, it's used as a kind of unanswerable argument against your view, is this. He says, quote, what are you supposed to tell a couple that has a gay child who also has COVID? Well, this is your due penalty. It's just horrible and wrong, end quote. How would you respond to that specific argument that he raises? Well, actually, that is the third mistake I was referring to earlier. Yep. Um, he, he thinks that if you believe what I do, you can't possibly have any good news for someone who is dying of a disease that came to them because of their sin. Now, that's the objection in this letter I care about most. Actually, it wasn't in the letter. It was in the, it was in the interview. And that's the one I care about most. So when I read that, I thought, okay, even though he states this sarcastically or cynically as though there couldn't possibly any, couldn't be any answer to it, I thought, I'm gonna, I want to take that question seriously because it's a very good pastoral question. But his, his viewpoint about what I think or would be able to say is so wrong. It's wrong at the very point where God's sovereign grace shines most brightly. 2,000 years ago, in Jerusalem, the Jewish King Herod, the Roman governor Pontius Pilate, the angry crowds, the brutal soldiers, all of them combined to kill Jesus Christ, the Son of God. But here's the all-important fact. That horror, and crucifixion is a horrible thing, especially when it's done to the most innocent person that ever lived and the most glorious person that ever lived. That horror was not a random historical event. The Bible says in Acts 4.27 that God predestined it and his hand brought it to pass. Why? Because he loved his enemies. Hmm. He loved them. I should say he loved us, all of us who are his enemies, enough that he didn't spare his own son, his only infinitely loved son, but gave him up for us, Romans 8.32. That was love when that happened, according to Romans 5.8. God shows his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, we have the best news in the world. 
for someone who has lived in a homosexual lifestyle or homosexual behaviors and who is dying of COVID-19. And it's the same news that I would bring to any other sinner who is dying of COVID-19, including myself. It is what I want to hold on to when I die, perhaps, of COVID-19, being old like I am with compromised lungs. I'm not out of this thing yet. Maybe I'll be on the deathbed, and I'll be bringing all of my thousands of sins before the judge of the universe. What am I going to do? And my answer is I'm going to hold on to the very same message, the grace, the good news that I'm going to bring to the person that this author says I don't have anything to say to. Jesus said to the thief on the cross who had spent a lifetime in sinning just hours before he died, he he looked over to Jesus and said, Have mercy, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. (laughs) Are you kidding me? I mean, this has got to be like a bolt of lightning out of the blue. Can that possibly be true, Jesus? Are you really going to forgive in this split second before I die all my sins? That's how great God's grace is for those who repent and trust him. So, Tony... I hope the world hears we have a spectacularly wonderful news for all sinners who are dying, however they are dying, whatever they are dying from, whatever sins they have committed. And the news in a nutshell is this. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. Turn to Jesus Christ. He died for sinners like you and me. Trust him, and you can know that your suffering is not the punitive judgment of God. You can know this. You can know this as you die. I'm not being punished now. I won't be punished later. How can you know that? Because Jesus said in John 5.24, these amazing words, Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. Mm. He does not come into judgment, but has passed already. That thief on the cross, he passed while he was hanging on the cross. He passed from death to life. Amen. A, A dying person, any dying person, can know the sweet voice of God in Romans 8.1. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So when this letter asks, where's the pastoral care and comfort in that belief, namely Piper's belief and the belief of this accused chaplain, where's the care and comfort in that? And then answers, there is none. That's what he says. There's none. My response is, sir, no, you are profoundly wrong. We have the best news in the world for the hardest moments in the world. The best care, the best comfort, the very heart of Christianity is that through Christ, 
God rescues guilty sinners. That's me and you and all of us. Through Christ, God rescues guilty sinners from his own wrath. Romans 5, 9, since therefore we have now been justified by the blood of Christ, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. That's what God sent Christ to do, rescue us from his own righteous punishment. Mm. Amen. That is the best news in the world, and it's what uh, motivates us even now to do ministry yeah. in mm-hmm. this hard time mm-hmm. to get the book translated as far as and wide as possible. Thank you, Pastor John, for that. You're welcome. At the beginning of today's episode, I mentioned the Coronavirus in Christ book is now available in 20 languages, including American Sign Language and soon to be in 29 total languages with the potential for even more to be added in the near future. You can find links to all those translated versions at DesiringGod.org or get there by Googling the title Coronavirus in Christ by John Piper. It's truly remarkable to see that list of translations and how quickly this international publishing project came together. Praise God and praise the Savior for his grace over all of it. And thank you for listening to this special episode of the Ask Pastor John podcast. We'll see you next time.